This is the Hockey News Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hockey News Podcast. It's Matt Larkin here. It's Ryan Kennedy here. It's Ken Campbell here. And we are going to talk about actual theoretical NHL hockey. We're getting very close to a a finalized return to play plan. We were pretty confident in terms of the realignment that the all Canadian division is going to be a thing. If anything changes, it's not going to happen there. Therefore, we are going to preview that division on this podcast. We're diving in. I'm excited. And guys, here's how it's going to work. Okay. We're going to start with every team. We're going through our yearbook projections. Okay. They're not necessarily how each of us feels about the team. It's the staff consensus and we're going to talk about likes and dislikes, general outlook for each team. So we're going to start with the Ottawa Senators. Ryan Kennedy, you're on the mic. Tell me what you like about the Ottawa Senators this year. Well, obviously, I like the youth that they're bringing up. And this is an exciting time if you're an Ottawa Senators fan because you're going to get to see a lot of these kids take on big roles. So, you know, Brady Kachuk has already established himself. We know that. But you know, what do we see from Eric Brandstrom? You know, what can Drake Batherson do? What can Josh Norris do? And then, of course, you have Matt Murray and Nett, who's not as young and already as two Stanley Cups, but can he kind of reinvent himself after a, a tough outing in Pittsburgh? So, I mean, that's what I like, is that they have a lot of fun elements. And, you know, I'll mention Thomas Shabbat as well, as a guy who's still not that old. He's only 23. Um, there's, there's a lot of ceiling in this group and um, that's what I like about them. Yeah, I, I like where they're headed. I don't like where they are right now, but I like where they're headed. Uh, I think they're doing it the right way. Um, you know, I, um, I don't think they're, they're going to tank this year because I think a tank is an organizational um, philosophy that you take. And I don't think that the, the, the senators are going to take that philosophy, but I, I, I do think they're going to be the worst team in this division. I think they're going to finish seventh. I know, Matt, you're real bullish on them. Um, and and you, you, you're a little more optimistic than probably I am. I don't see it. I, I, don't, I don't see this team being that good this year, particularly with the fact that they're playing in a good but not great division against good but not great teams, but they're all good and they're all – I think a lot better than Ottawa. So I think they're really going to struggle in that respect. Um, but I do like where they're headed in the long term, and, and I think a, another year of finishing, you know, low in the standings and another top five pick is, is exactly what this organization needs. All right. Kenny just going for it. He went likes and dislikes all in one go. Okay. <laughs> just bulldozing through the format. I'll let it slide. Uh, what I like about this team like you guys said, young kids improving. You know, you got the AHL Rookie of the Year in Josh Norris. I like the fact that, like you said about tanking, Ken, what Pierre Dorian's done. He's sending a message that the tanking's over by bringing in Matt Murray, by bringing in Evgeny Dodonov on such a good deal. It's showing, okay, we're, we're willing to start adding veteran pieces to surround, or to put to surround these kids with, and maybe we're going to start slowly improving. That's why I wouldn't say I'm totally bullish. I just expect this team to be better. In terms of dislikes, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast so many times over the years that when you have a team that's full of young guys, too many young guys, then are they going to know how to win? And yes, you brought in Matt Murray, but he's coming off a really a really bad year, and now he's joining a, a worse defensive team. And same with Dodonov. It's not like Dodonov was part of a winning culture in Florida either, really, right? So that's where it kind of hurts to me that you've lost, especially a guy like Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Uh, you're hurting, I think, for veteran leadership. 
Uh, also, Senators had the worst power play in the league last year. So, you know, they're also defensively, they were weak on the penalty kill near the bottom of the league shots allowed. I just think this team's going to be pretty weak defensively. Ryan, what do you not like about the Ottawa Senators? Well, yeah, defense is, is definitely a major point. You know, you have Nikita Zaitsev, Erica Branson, Mike Riley. These are not world beaters uh, when it comes to veteran defensemen. So outside of Thomas Shabbat and then, you know, whatever Eric Brownstrom can do, um, it's, it's not a very, uh, it's not a group that inspires confidence. And, you know, I also worry a little bit about the leadership. Um, you know, obviously like Thomas Shabbat is, kind of the guy going forward, but again, he's still young. And, you know, they had Mark Borowiecki last year who seemed to really be a guy that could rally everybody around. And, you know, Erica Branson has those, those elements, but he's new. And, you know, I just, I kind of worry about some of the guys they brought in that we might see some veteran passengers and, that's not good when you're trying to build up a culture. You don't want to have guys that haven't really proven to be, you know, hundred percent players all the time. And that would be my concern is that Ottawa has these placeholders that maybe don't have as much at stake as some of the younger kids. All righty. Now, and yes, we are talking about you, Alex Galchenyuk. <laughs> That's who we're talking about right now. See, to me, I, 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 there's a couple of things I'm, I'm not crazy about with the Senators. Number one, they're not very strong down the middle. I mean, they've got Colin White, but down the middle, they're really weak. Um, you know, they, they, Mark Borietsky and, uh, and Ron Hainsey are out. Erica Branson and Josh Brown are in. I don't think that's a net gain. Uh, you know, Anthony Duclair, uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot and Tyler Ennis are out. And in are Dadinoff, Galchenyuk, and Austin Watson. Not sure, pretty sure that's not a gain either. So, um, I, I mean, this team is rebuilding, and, and they're going to be exciting. They're going to be fun. They're going to give up a lot of goals, but uh, I think they're moving in the right direction, but just not this year. All righty. Um, so the third category here, okay, this is a scenario I'm sure has happened to all of us, okay? Rather than general outlook, it's called – you're at a wedding and a drunk person who's a fan of this team comes up to you on the dance floor and you can smell their breath. It reeks and they want you to tell them something about their team. So you have to say it in 25 seconds or less, like you're yelling to them on the dance floor. Okay. So mine is, uh, yeah, they're, they're headed in the right direction. They're a young team. I don't think playoffs this year, but, uh, you know, they should be better. Okay. Ken, you're up. Uh, don't judge DJ Smith on this team. He's a really, really good coach and he's going to bring this group around. And I think he knows what he's in for. Mm. They're going to be bad, but that's okay. Enjoy Brady Kachuk and Thomas Shabbat. <laughs> All righty. So ranking sixth, we have, okay, this is a team I'm bullish on. We want to talk bullish, okay? Montreal Canadiens, I don't agree with them being sixth in our consensus rankings. Uh, so maybe for that reason, I'll start with the likes, okay? The Habs, they're one of the better defensive teams in the league last year. The strange thing is it was actually Carey Price who let them down. He had a bad regular season, but the Habs, if you look at possession, they were right there in the top two with Vegas. And I think, you know, you got to give credit to Mark Bergevin for directly addressing the needs. He wanted to get better on the wings, bring it to Foley. Josh Anderson, yes, you overpaid for Josh Anderson, but as I've said before, he helps you. You bring in Joel Edmondson for some depth and, and size on defense. And the Jake Allen move, I think, you know, they're trying to emulate the Habs. They're trying to emulate what Boston's done with Halak and Tukarask. It's totally revived Tukarask's career now that he's only playing, you know, give or take 50 games a year. Carey Price led the league in minutes, two years running, had a bad regular season last year. 
So what I think is going to happen here is, you know, Jake Allen might start 25 games and suddenly you have a fresher Carey Price who has his best season in years. Of course, we know this team has so much young talent coming in. Not Cole Caulfield time yet, but Nick Suzuki, very exciting. Alexander Romanoff called the trophy candidate on defense. So I just think the arrow in general is pointing up for Montreal. It's going to be pointing up for a long time, but I think it might even be ahead of schedule. Those are my likes. Ryan, what do you like about the Habs? Well, I like how they augmented their forward core, um, bringing in Tyler Toffoli, bringing in Josh Anderson. You know, they're, they're building something that is a lot more multidimensional than we're used to. The Habs, for the past couple of years, they seem to be all kind of one player with the exception of like Brendan Gallagher. So I, I think now they've got different kinds of players and it'll be, it'll be a better puzzle. I think the puzzle will fit better together and I, I agree. I think, you know, bringing in Allen to, to spell off Carey Price, I think is going to have um, tremendous impact on Carey Price, who is a veteran goaltender, but, you know, we saw he can still be that Carey Price, uh, which we saw in the return to play tournament and playoffs last year. So if you put Carey Price in the right scenario, he can still be a world beater. And they're going to need that this year um, because, I, you know, I do believe that they're, they're going to be in tough in that Canadian division. Yeah, from the blue line back, I'm not sure there's a better team in this division. Uh, I, I really, I really don't think there is. I mean, you know, you've got a, you've got a first pairing. I mean, Ben Chariot and, 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 uh, and um, uh, Weber. Yeah. Uh, turned out to be a very, very good pairing last year. You know, then you've got, then you've got Petrie probably in Edmondson. And then uh, depending on how Romanoff does in his first year, you know, maybe you pair him with Mete on the third pair. Uh, maybe Mete's the odd man out. But I think they're very, very strong defensively. I think they're very good on the blue line. And I, I agree with the Josh Allen assessment. I think that, that having him come in and be able to play, you know, maybe 25 games, you know, well, prorated. I mean, this year it's going to maybe be 18. I don't know what it is, but you know, that, that, then that, that puts Carey Price at a, at a more reasonable number and makes them fresher for the stretch run and, and maybe the playoffs if they make it. All righty. Uh, as for Dick's dislikes, you know, there still, still are a lot of things I don't like about the team. Even talking about Jake Allen, he's someone who's had mental hiccups in the past and now he's going to the highest pressure market, arguably in the NHL. We know, we've seen before he's gotten these, lengthy slumps. So if Allen has a couple of bad games to start, there's still a risk that he can implode. I also think this team lacks star power, which is crazy. They spend to the cap. You could count Carey Price as a superstar, but otherwise I don't think there's a single player on the Habs right now that is truly a superstar. Maybe it's going to be Cole Caulfield eventually. And you know, the Habs, they're such good shot generators, but they rank a lot lower near the bottom of the league, I believe last year in uh, shooting percentage. So what that tells us is they're getting the chances, but they're not converting too many of them because they don't have those high-end finishers yet. I also worry a little bit that maybe we're projecting the young guys too much. We're very excited about them, but you know, what if Nick Suzuki regresses with, you know, Max Domi, there's less insulation in the lineup at center now. And what if just very cock and yummy, you know, he made those great gains late in the season last year, but what if those, you know, that sample size was still pretty small. We don't know for sure that he's arrived and same goes for Alexander Romanov. We're getting our first look at him really other than world junior tournaments. It's not like he's going to the AHL and if he's going to the starting lineup, it's still, you know, relatively small sample size of seeing him play in North American ice, all that kind of stuff. Right. So I do worry we're projecting maybe the Habs are not going to be, you know, reaching their peak for a couple more years. Those would be my dislikes. Kenny, what do you got? Well, that was, that was exactly what I was going to say too, is I, what I don't like about the Canadians is the expectation level. 
Um, and and for, for a lot of the reasons that you pointed out, I mean, Nick Suzuki and Yasuberi Kotkanemi, as good as they were, um, you know, the sample size is small and, you know, we've been around, this is not our first rodeo, guys. We've seen this before. We've seen this guys come up, take, take uh, you know, take the league by surprise and then, you know, regress a little in their second year once, you know, the, the spotlight gets a little, little hotter, a little whiter, you know, the, the, the checking becomes a little closer, the attention becomes a little more, especially in a big market like Montreal. Um, you know, so I, I, I do share that, that with you. I, I, I think, you know, I, I still think they're going to, even though they've, they've upgraded on offense, you know, Tyler Toffoli should be, you know, I think he's going to lead them in goals this year. And, but the only problem is he's going to have, you know, 28, <laughs> you know, so, um, it, you know, their, their power play is, was not good last year. I'm not sure how good it's going to be this year. Um, you know, so I do have, I do have some concerns about their ability to, to generate. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on the expectations. You know, if you look back to the, the playoffs slash return to play, so they beat a Pittsburgh team that was clearly on the downswing that, you know, fell apart. I think Pittsburgh's going to probably struggle again this year. And then they lost to a Flyers team that I don't think was as good as people thought they were. I think the Flyers were a bit of a paper tiger, and we saw that later in the playoffs when they bowed out. So, you know, there's always – anytime Montreal's kind of good, I feel like the media wants them to be better than they are. And, you know, Kakaniemi didn't have a great time in Finland when he was loaned out this season. He's back now, but he did not burn it up there. And we still got to give this kid time. So, yeah, he played good for two weeks. Uh, congratulations. And you know what? I'm actually not that excited about their defense core. I, I do think that, again – you know, that's that small sample size. I think they're paper tigers. Shea Weber is 35 years old. The schedule is going to be weird this year. Um, it, I don't know how compressed it's going to be, but it's, it's going to be strange. and It's going to be kind of taxing. You know, Joel Edmondson, you look at the analytics, they are not good. And, you know, Ben Sherratt, yeah, he was, he was good with Shea Weber uh, for that small sample size. But what do you do over the course of a season, uh, especially when you're facing – you know, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, you know, Patrick Lyonnais all the time. I mean, those are the guys that Montreal is going to have to play all the time this year because of that Canadian division. Uh, I love Alexander Romanoff, but there will be an adjustment period. He strikes me as the kind of kid that's going to do some awesome things. And then he's also going to have some big mistakes. He's going to go for some big hits that landed when he was back in Russia that are not going to land in the NHL because of the quickness and the size of the arena. So there's going to be some time where he's going to have to adjust. I still think he's going to be awesome, but there's going to be some, uh, you know, there's going to be some missteps and you, we have to be prepared for that. And so I, I think this is where the Habs deserve to be. For sure. And you make a good point about, you know, the, the, the decision-making. It's one thing that a lot of European defensemen have told me this over the years that, the, the adjustment to North America was tough because they felt like four checkers are on them way faster. They're just the decision-making is different, right? So it'll be interesting to see. Okay, I'm on the dance floor with the Habs fan. He's like, what do you think about the Habs this year? And I say, uh, they're, yeah, they're my sleeper team. They're better, better record than last year, I think. They're, they're pretty deep. I think they could surprise. I, I'm going to say playoff team. Okay, Ryan, what do you got? Josh Anderson's going to punch some faces. Hopefully Shea Weber makes it all the way, but I'm not sure if he will. Don't be fooled by their playoff run last year. They're not as good as you think. 
And then that guy gets mad at Ken. What do you mean about the playoff? They were they beat Pittsburgh. Okay, anyway, <laughs> let's move on. The Winnipeg Jets. Okay, the likes on the Winnipeg. <laughs> Ken, since you coughed, Ryan will start. <laughs> what do you like about that, guys? Well, you know, when you talk about the Jets, obviously, first and foremost, you have to look at Connor Hellbuck in net. He gives them one of, if not the best goaltenders in the league. And obviously, he's got the hardware to say he is the best right now, and I have no reason to knock him off that pedestal. I think Hellbuck is that MVP quality goaltender. And when you have that just you know, warm feeling in net, it can really help the rest of your team. And then you look up front, they added Paul Stastny. So they get a little bit deeper up front. They've already got some very nice players. I know Twitter has been on fire about guys like Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler recently um, based on their five on five play and empty net goals. But, you know, they're still pretty good players. And you also have Ehlers and Kyle Connor and, you know, uh, Patrick Line, as we said. So I think, you know, Winnipeg, they've got the goaltending. They've got some pretty nice firepower. I think they'll definitely be in the mix. Yeah, I, I do like their goaltending, obviously. Um, you know, I like that they picked up, uh, that they picked up Stastny for their, uh, to uh, augment their forward group. I think they've got a, a very, very dynamic group up front in their, in their top two lines. Um, you know, um, I think, I think that they're, they're, they're good, but they're, they're probably, if you go top four, um, if they're going to go top four in each division, you know, I think there's a good chance that the Winnipeg Jets will be able to make the playoffs. Um, but they're, they're, to me, they're a good, but like they kind of typify this division. They're a good, but they're not a great team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we kind of know who they are because of the fact that Kevin Cheveldayoff, he really made very few changes. Paul Stassi comes in, but overall, it was very much status quo with this, this roster. I think a big reason why is they had horrific luck with injuries last year, especially Shifley and Lining the playoffs. So I think the Jets, they feel like this core didn't really get a chance to prove what it really is. I understand that they have great talent for, we, you know, they're loaded in the top six, Shifley, Line, Connor, Wheelers, Ellers. Regardless of the five-on-five stats, we can at least say if they're not superstars, they're still very good. And you can make a case Connor Hellebuck is the best goalie on the planet right now. And it sort of ties into one of my dislikes about the Jets. But, uh, you know, the talent is there. The high-end talent is there, especially at forward and in goal. Uh, Kenny, what do you not like about the Jets? Well, I wrote down leaky, leaky, leaky. <laughs> they're really leaky they give up a lot of chances and and like they're not terribly disciplined like they're not a really disciplined team like they take a lot of penalties um I worry about their cap situation I there's a lot I worry about with the Winnipeg Jets I think the thing that I worry about the most is um I just get the feeling that this team like their window's already closed you know like I think a couple of years ago when they went to the conference final um that was their year and i'm not sure if they didn't peak then and that now they're on a sort of a progressive down downswing Hmm. i mean for me it's their defense it was obviously a liability last year and you know because of dustin bufflin it was a bit different than they thought it would be but i don't think they've added enough to take it to the next level like Derek forbort you know he's like a He's a five or a six in a best case scenario. You know, same with Lucas Abisa at this point. I just feel they don't have enough NHL defensemen yet. And maybe Sammy Niku or Dylan Sandberg can make the leap and, and really help that depth. But 
even with them coming in, you know, Josh Morrissey and Dylan DeMello are your big guys. Neil Pionk was a pleasant surprise, but I, I just don't feel they have enough high-end guys right now to fix that leakiness that, that Ken talked about. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's funny, what made Hellebuck's Vezina case so strong, I actually think ties to a weakness. The Jets were extremely bad on defense. They had the third highest expected goals against for 60 last year. So it shows you know, the, the difficulty of workload was unbelievably hard and Hellebuck still had a monstrous season. So he absolutely carried them. He masked which were some, what were some pretty major problems on defense. And I think Josh Morrissey, you know, in the first year without Jacob Truba, uh, I think Morrissey had a pretty down year. And I think that's a concern. He's, you know, got a brand new contract. I think he's got to be better. He's got to show he can be a consistent top pair defenseman. Otherwise, I worry just in general that, you know, after losing so much on the right side of the defense last year, that they haven't repaired it sufficiently. Neil Pionk, you know, he, he was quite good, especially on the power play last year, but it's still a depth problem on the right side. So I'm, I'm, I just worry that, you know, in today's NHL status quo is risky. And I, I just don't think the Jets did enough. They sat on their team because they were, they figured the injuries were the reason for last year, but I think it's a risky strategy. So I'm at the wedding now with the Jets fan. I say, uh, it's a, it's a hard team to forecast. You know, they're really unlucky with injuries, but I, I worry about the defense. I think they're a middle of the pack team. What do you got, Ryan? You're going to love Dylan Sandberg. This is probably Paul Maurice's last year. Hey bro. I hate to say this, but, Patrick Line is really, really starting to look a lot like Jacob Truba 2.0. All righty. We're going on to the Calgary Flames now. We gotta, we're, we're on a bit of a schedule today, so we're going to have to start hustling through these teams. We've got four to go. Uh, the Calgary Flames. What do we like about the Calgary Flames? Ken, who's now I in the check my notes here. Oh, okay. I like, uh, I like their goaltending, obviously. I like that they picked up Jacob Markstrom in the offseason. Um, I think that that gives them probably – their best goaltending since Mika Kiprasov. Like that's been a real sort of organizational um, black hole for them. So, you know, probably for, you know, in the last hundred years, they haven't had goaltending this good or, or at least potentially this good. Uh, so I do like their goaltending, you know, um, that's, you know, that's about it. They I don't like that they didn't do much up beyond that, but um, I think that was one area where they had to, uh, where they had to upgrade and they did. And, and, uh, and I think that that, that is one area that probably will have a much better, bigger ripple effect on, on the rest of the team and the rest of the, uh, the you know, the rest of the roster, because I mean, and Matt Murray said it, you know, when you can look back and you can have confidence in the guy that's in the net, you play differently, you're more confident, you, you know, it, you know, it, it just, it's just a better feeling all around. So I think that that's going to be a big factor for them. Yeah. You know, for me, I look at their defense core and, you know, I know they lost TJ Brody, but they bring in Chris Tanev, uh, who I think will have a nice settling effect on the blue line core. You also have a, a healthy use of Alamaki, who has been absolutely on fuego over in Finland. Uh, and then, you know, you have Rasmus Anderson, who I thought was very good in the playoffs. So you have a unit that already has Mark Giordano up top and you, you've added, I, I think their, their defense core is better. And then, you know, obviously up front, um, you know, Matthew Kachuk is, is such a great driver. Um, and as Ken mentioned, Jacob Markstrom and Ned is an upgrade. So I, I think they've gotten incrementally better. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think they understand too, especially Brad Living, that time is running out on this era. So, you know, Mark Giordano is 37. And I think Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan, they have a lot to prove this year. Otherwise, they're, 
probably going to get traded. So good on Trey Living for making a splash with Markstrom and Tanev. Who knows how those deals are going to look in a couple of years, but I think he understands where this team is and it's absolutely a win now operation. So you've got to take your shot and that's what they're doing. Uh, Ryan, what do you not like about the Flames? Well, I just have this feeling that <clears throat> Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan, I, I hope that they fixed what was ever whatever was wrong last year. But if they haven't, then you're putting your team in a big hole because, you know, you are marquee players when it comes to your contracts and your status, but you're not putting up marquee numbers. It's not going to help, you know, your trade value and it's not helping your team if you're playing in the lineup. So there's some uncertainty there. And, and that's what worries me the most about the Flames is that we don't know which Gaudreau and Monaghan were getting. Is it the, the classic Johnny Hockey or is it the version we saw last year? And, and that's troublesome. Yeah, to me, I, what I don't like is that, you know, the, the, as much of a big splash as they made in goal, they really didn't do much anywhere else. And to me, if there was one group that was screaming for a, a shakeup, you know, something, something to, to shake things up and to, to have a new look, it was the Calgary Flames and they just didn't do it. Um, you know, I think this team is, is okay. I think they're good. I don't think they're good enough to be anywhere near a, a, a serious Stanley Cup contender unless everything falls into place. Um, but I, I just see a group that's kind of, you know, they're, they're in the mushy middle as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. And I, I just don't understand, you know, committing $6 million of your cap to Jacob Markstrom. I just don't know if that was the right spend when Cam Talbot was really good last year. For much of the year, he had one bad game to end the playoffs, but he was actually good. He helped them beat the Jets. So goaltending wasn't really Calgary's biggest flaw. Their flaw was offense. They were 20th in goals. They got a little better under Jeff Ward, but overall their offense was kind of pop gun for much of the season. And Johnny Gaudreau has not been the same player since the all-star break. He was on an MVP trajectory that year he was on our cover of our magazine i remember right we did i did the interview with him at that all-star game and i don't know if we cursed him with that cover or what but his game has gone way downhill since then i think he only had 18 goals last year he's been you know pretty bad in the playoffs so they need more help on offense and they didn't really address that they kind of filled other positions at which i think they were already strong so i don't really understand how the, the money was allocated for the improvements uh, at the wedding, I tell the Flames fan, this is Brad Living's final stand. If the Flames don't make progress this year, they got to blow it up. They got to build a new team around Matthew Kachuk. Ryan, what do you have? Bella Mackey. <laughs> uh, I'll say, uh, hey, buddy, um, you know, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, next up we have the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I'll start here with the likes. You know, you have McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's never a bad thing. You have two of the best, maybe the two best offensive players on earth. And I think Kyler Yamamoto changed that team when he came because he turned them into a two-line team. He had great chemistry with Leon Dreisaitl. So now no matter what, no matter who's playing with McDavid, you're going to have two deadly lines. They had the best power play last year in 41 years in the NHL. And you add Tyson Berry to that. And I think Dominic Cahoon, a sneaky good addition. So, you know, a lot of things that I like about the Oilers, I think we can absolutely feel confident that they're going to score. They're going to be able to score with anyone. That would be my number one like about this team. Kenny, what do you have? Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I mean, uh, I, th I think that they're, you know, 
the most explosive team in this division. Well, Toronto, I guess too, but, but I mean, they've, they've got the, the, the best top end talent in the division. Um, I agree with you. I think the Dominic Cahoon acquisition was, a, was a really, really good one. Um, you know, Kyler Yamamoto, a full season of him, you know, hopefully he can maintain that point of game status that he had last year. And, and I, I, you know, I know he's not a big favorite of yours, Matt, but I, I like the Kyle Turris acquisition. I don't like him as a first line center. I love him as a third line center. I think he's going to really stabilize things there, um, you know, and help their bottom six at least, you know, not be, uh, you know, maybe be a little more productive than they have. So, yeah. Yeah, obviously the offense is very exciting. Um, but I like how Edmonton has taken advantage of uh, Europe being sort of uh, on during the, the pandemic because Jesse Pugliarvi was able to get great reps in Finland. Evan Bouchard has been a monster over in Sweden. So you get those young guys coming with a lot of confidence and they can really help, you know, both up front and on the decor. Um, as for that decor, I, I think it's steadily improving. I mean, it really just has to be not terrible. That's, that's kind of the bar. The bar's not high at this point. Um, and, you know, as McDavid and Dreisaitl become better 200-foot players, that's going to help even more. But again, the, the blue line just has to be fine. For sure. Uh, and as for dislikes, I, I, wrote, I wrote some swear words on my page here on my notes about Koskinen <laughs> and Smith. I just, it was the most fertile goaltending market ever. You had like so many starting caliber goalies or at least one B that were out there available to be signed, whether it was, you know, Kadovin or Markstrom or Holtby, Corey Crawford. And you decide to roll again with Koskinen. You bring back Mike Smith when those two guys single-handedly cost you the series against Chicago. The Oilers were the better team. I think it's a huge mistake rolling with that same tandem. Uh, and, you know, looking at the decor, Oscar Kleffbaum probably not going to play at all this season. So it puts a lot of pressure on guys like Evan Bouchard to step up. Philip Broberg, we know he's going to be in Edmonton for the World Juniors. So does he just stay there and get a shot at camp? Who knows? But I do think you need for, for the Oilers decor to be at least mediocre. One of those young guys has to make big progress. So I, I am worried overall about this team's ability to keep pucks out of the net. What do you think, Kenny? Yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I, I just have never seen a team that is as as loose defensively as one like this become a serious Stanley Cup contender they just they just don't do it and and what i worry about even as much as the personnel is just the whole sort of team makeup in terms of defense i just find this team they make a lot of bad decisions in the defensive zone they make a lot of bad reads they you know and 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 that those things are deadly um, you know i I'm, I'm also thinking you know like what are we, year six of Connor McDavid? We're in year six of Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl. And the years are starting to, they're starting to pass by without this team doing anything really, really noteworthy, you know? I mean, like, like I, I look at a team like Edmonton and before I can start thinking of them as a Stanley Cup contender, let's, let's get through a playoff round first. Let's see what that's like. Let's see if they can win a playoff round or two before we start talking about this team being a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. I like their long-term future. They, their group of prospects is probably better than it's been in 25 years. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but, but I'm, there's still too much missing from this team. Still way too much, especially defensively. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the goaltending is yucky. 
And I think that could be their Achilles heel uh, in this division when they have to go up against some pretty amazing snipers on some of the other teams. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Oilers fan at the wedding. I say uh, high ceiling. They got a great star power. I think playoff team, but big mistake not to upgrade in net. Any other summaries at the wedding? What do you got, Kent? Don't listen to Ryan Kennedy. Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. <laughs> I just hired Connor McDavid's interior designer. <laughs> awesome. All right, we got two teams left here. Uh, it's projected to be second. We have the Vancouver Canucks. Kenny, what do you like about Vancouver? I love their top two lines. I absolutely adore their top two lines. And I like, I, I like their top end talent. I think I, I'm really intrigued by, and I hope they, they put them together, but I'm really intrigued by a Quinn Hughes, Nathan Schmidt defense pairing as their number one defense pairing. I think that could be dynamic. I, I don't know what, like, I, I don't know how that's going to work out. I wonder if, if Nate Schmidt is going to sort of back off a little bit and be more of a defensive guy, or if, if, Quinn Hughes numbers are maybe going to suffer a little bit because he's got to share the puck a little more and maybe maybe Nate, Nate Schmidt is going to push a little more offensively. Either way, I love their top end talent. And you know what? I think, you know, they lost Jacob Markstrom, but I, I think that that was the smartest thing that they could have done. And I, I don't have any problem with them saying, thank you for what you did for us last year. You made it, you helped us make a great leap forward, but you know what? Thatcher Demko came into the playoffs and was almost the second coming of Ken Dryden in 1971. We're hitching our wagon to him, and I, I like it. Yeah, and sticking on goaltending, I think bringing in Braden Holby was perfect because you have a veteran winner who I think, you know, he's, he still wants to compete, but I think he knows what his role is on this team. It's going to be more of a, a 1B mentor for Thatcher Demko, and I think that's going to be the perfect situation uh, for, for both players and for the team overall. I also feel like Elias Pettersson's going to go off this year. Uh, you know, there's, with all these lists that come out about players, I know that, uh, again, Twitter's kind of been uh, on fire about how low Pettersson was ranked. I think it was maybe by the NHL Network. He strikes me as the kind of confident guy who will say, all right, I, I see where you rank me. I'm, I'm going to show you a little something this year. And so I'm, I'm very excited about Pedersen going just bananas. For sure. And, you know, I, I love not just the star power that the Canucks have, but the balance within that star power. It's not like they have, you know, five guys who are all just speedy sports cars. You know, like you have Pedersen and, and Quinn Hughes who are dynamic, but then you also have Bo Horvat, who's sort of that two-way guy and leader who can take the team on his back and play a bit more of a hard-nosed game. And of course, you know, Thatcher Demko, like you said, Ken, I think he's starting to creep toward that ceiling. He's got great support, Braden Holpe. And even a guy like Jake Vertanen, I think, made strides. And finally, it took him so long, but he's starting to find out who he is as a player, kind of a power forward. Of course, you have Brock Besser, who's still one of the best pure shooters in the game. So I just like that Canucks can hurt you in different ways. And they have more help coming. Vasily Pudkolzin, he is eligible to join. His KHL contract ends this year. And then there's a clause. He has to wait until the world championship ends. But there might not be a world championship this year, for all we know. Either way, I think there's a good chance we see him in a Canucks uniform by the playoffs. And we all know that he's a, a total game breaker. I'm really excited to see what he can do at the NHL. That's just one more weapon that the Canucks are going to have with the big star power. Uh, what do you guys not like about this team? Kenny, you go first. I don't like that they haven't extended Travis Green yet. Um, I would have liked to have seen them 
put that security in place for next season. I, I think that creates a bit of uncertainty. And I think that that's, that's something that that's one of those ones that you hope it doesn't spill over and doesn't become an issue, but it could. Um, and, you know, this is a team too, that, you know, Thatcher Demko will be busy because they give up a lot of, a lot of shots and a lot of scoring chances and uh, you know, removing Chris Tanev from that mix. Um, I don't think helps because he was, he was kind of their defensive guy. Yeah, it's, it's tough to look at this lineup and, and find uh, any glaring flaws, and that's why we have them so high. But I, I guess, you know, how defensively staunch they are would be a consideration. I mean, they're going to be great moving the puck, and they're going to have the puck a lot. But when they don't, will that be an issue in their own end? But, I mean, I'm really kind of nitpicking. Yeah, I think you're right there on defense. I, I do think you know the Canucks they they were pretty bad defensively last year they were near the top of the league in most scoring chances allowed for 60 minutes and you know you bring in Nate Schmidt I don't know if you know I wouldn't profile Nate Schmidt as a shutdown guy he's been really good he's played on a great possession team in Vegas but you know he's a pusher of pace he's extremely fast skater I don't think you're bringing in Nate Schmidt to be the guy that's you know the, the hammer to shut teams down so I don't know if the Canucks address that need it would really help if, if Ole Olivi took a big leap forward and, and got his chance and stuck and was an NHL regular and finally made strides. I still think there's time for him. I think that's something Vancouver could really use. Cause I, I think their defense is suspect for summing them up. I would say Vancouver high event hockey. They're going to be very entertaining. I think there's just going to be a lot of goals bowling, going both ways, but not an elite contender until they can tighten up their defense. What do you have, Kenny? Get the banner ready. This team's going to win the Canadian division. Well, I thought you were going to say Stanley Cup. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, come on. Bizzling tank. Let's not be crazy. <laughs> well. Yeah. And I'll say, uh, you getting a Petey jersey, a Hughes jersey, or a Demko jersey? Just as long as it's not the reverse retro jersey. <laughs> or sweater. All right. We're going to finish it off with the Leafs. Uh, personally, I think having them first, it, it, I don't agree with it. Uh, I'm not that bullish on Toronto this year. Uh, but let's start with lights. Ryan, what do you like with the Leafs? Well, you know, they've made some improvements uh, that I think will help. Um, you know, this is a, a team that we know they can score. And you've got guys like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner that are still in their prime years. They're, they're young, but I mean, we know this is sort of like the premium time for those guys. You got Nylander, you know, Wayne Simmons. I mean, at this point in his career, obviously he's a bottom six guy, but he gives them something they did not have, which is, some toughness, um, and he can be that net front guy. I think he can still probably help out on the power play, which got surprisingly stagnant last year. So I think he can give them a different mix there. And then obviously Joe Thornton, another guy who, you know, he's big, he's ornery when he wants to be, and he's got something that he wants, which is a Stanley Cup title. So there's going to be all the motivation in the world for both him and the team to, to finally make a, a run with this group. And then on defense, they're a lot deeper than they were last year. And is this a world beater defense? No, but, you know, much like Edmonton, Toronto's defense just has to be decent. And I think they have a better chance of having a decent defense this year than they did last year. Yeah, I really like that they hired Eric Joyce away from the Florida Panthers to be their director of hockey strategy. Is that the most Toronto Maple Leafs thing ever? Like, what the hell? Uh, no, I, I, you know, yeah, I like some of the moves they made. I like that they're a little more difficult to play against. 
Um, I'm just not sure that the players that are difficult to play against can still play <laughs> if you, if you get my drift, um, you know, obviously their top end offense is, is the envy of the league. Um, you know, their goaltending in the regular season should be good enough. And as you said, Ryan, they've, they've tweaked the defense a little bit, you know, they've made some strides there. They probably will be a little bit better there. This is a team that was good and will be probably maybe a little bit better. Yeah, I think you've summarized them well, Kenny. You know, I'll give credit to Kyle Dubas for recognizing that it was broke, so he had to try and fix it. We'll get to whether, you know, he made the right moves, but clearly what they had was not working. Four straight, first round exit. you got to do something. you got to make the team harder to play against, and they have at least attempted to do that, so I give credit to Dubas. And yeah, this team's going to score. And even, you know, if Nick Robert, Nick Robertson makes a big stride this year and cracks, there's still there's, there's room to ascend on the left side of that depth chart now where by the end of the year, you could see Nick Robertson, if he, has, if he has a big rookie year, he could be as high as on the first line. And, you know, we saw what he can do in junior. So there's even more upside now to that forward group. Uh, what do you guys not like about the Leafs? Ryan, you go first here. I still don't think Freddie Anderson is the guy to win a Stanley Cup with. Uh, he's too streaky and his playoff resume is kind of up and down. And I especially worry this year, where the schedule is only going to be probably, you know, 56 games or so, where if he gets off to a slow start, that could put them behind the eight ball. Or if he gets cold at the wrong time, it could be at the beginning of the playoffs again. And there's just too much uncertainty for me there. Uh, yeah, I, I, st I still don't like their defense. Um, I don't like it very much at all. They were, I think, 25th in the league last year defensively. Um, you know, they gave up a ton of third period goals, um, you know, we're really bad in the third period, which indicates to me that they're, you know, they kind of, they kind of lose it, uh, at later in games. Um, you know, and, and I mean, their penalty kill, they were one of the least penalized teams in the league last year. And they gave up all, they gave up more shorthanded goals than probably a lot of teams in the NHL did or sorry, power play goals. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so I, I just don't like, I, I just don't like their back end. I don't like their attention to detail. I don't like their defensive game. And I'm with you, Ryan. I, I, I just, for me, if I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, you know, Freddie Anderson gives me zero. And I, and I mean, zero confidence that he can deliver in a big game because he just, he's proven time and time again that he can't. Yeah, good points. And, you know, Freddie Anderson in his tenure with the Leafs now, this is, this is, so he, it's, this is his, I believe, fourth season as a starter now, right? 16, 17, 18. This will be his fifth season, actually, rather. And he's had seven months as a Leaf with a save percentage below 900. He's had, he's had eight months above 930. So you never know what you're going to get with Anderson. I think it's deep enough into his career now that I don't think we're going to magically see him become consistent and reliable in the, the, the big crunch time games. And also, you know, Kyle Dubas, he added the right types of players did he have the right players you know Thornton and Simmons especially Simmons I don't know how much he has left so you know if you really want it to be harder to play against arguably you want the guys who are going to be playing more minutes of the game and I don't think that you know we're going to see Thornton and Simmons in the Leafs top six so not to say that someone like Tom Wilson is available but the equivalent you know you needed someone like that who can be hard to play against but is a first or second line player so I don't know if the additions are going to move the needle uh to summarize the Leafs for me you know I would say I know they had to do something I'm just not crazy about the move moves that they did make and you know if you look at guys they lost Kapanen and Andreas Janssen you can make a case that the Leafs just took better players and replaced them with worse players I know it's strange because we have the Leafs first it's consensus I'm not part of that consensus I still think they're probably a playoff team but I'm not even 100% sure that they're a playoff team personally 
What do you have, Kenny? A really old Joe Thornton is going to be way better than a really young Freddie Goche. <laughs> mm. And my wedding one is, what? Yeah, I know Wayne Simmons is from Scarborough. Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, boy. Well, this week's podcast was a sprint. We have done it. We've gotten through all the Canadian teams. It's going to be really exciting to watch them. We're going to wrap it up this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And, you know, next podcast, we're probably going to know the other divisions. We will preview those in detail as well. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.